the sun's been out a lot more recently, hasn't it? Probably time to take care of some gardening. Unfortunately, no chemical in the world is going to be able to help us tackle the particular kind of weed that we're discussing in the most recent full episode, Mind Weeds. They're a pain. Thankfully, Wendy had Michael and Anna Bahanas on to talk her through dealing with them. And here was an example of one of Michael's own mind weeds that he had to deal with. This is one of the areas of development for me because I tend to get very invested in their success to a point where I probably might even be hindering their success by doing too much for them. Yeah, like how are you gonna deal with this next time it happens? Mm-hmm. Michael and Anna. Mm. Michael Bohannes? That's yes. how you say his name, isn't it? He's uh, he's very Germanic, as he said it. In, in I know. Um, it's interesting, isn't it? Because you get to know people through their content and what they say, and you catch little bits of video, and but to actually have a real conversation, and he was really relaxed. You could tell it wasn't just a video for you know effect, if you like, and. I, I just saw a really different side of him because Anna was stood right next to him, you know, and I think, I don't know if she'd got an invisible cattle prod. <laughs> you know, it was one of those where I thought he was being really well behaved, wasn't he? He, I mean, I got the impression that she definitely is in charge of things. Yeah, let's put it that way. Fair <laughs> play to the girl. But, you know, when you... Uh, I mean, the, the, their story where, you know, of, of meeting in a mastermind in a in an online social group and then going on to sort of like behind the scenes, supporting each other um, privately, never meeting, then meeting and, you know, falling in love, getting married and having a child, running their own businesses and then going, we could do that, you know, well, I'm telling you to speak to, to, to Fred and you're telling me to speak to Lily. And well, why are we not just helping Fred and Lily together? Makes perfect sense. They complement each other so well. It's so lovely to see them together. I would encourage them to bring more of that to their content on LinkedIn. I know that they're individuals in their own right, but what we glimpsed in that conversation is just winning yeah i mean can you imagine you've got you've essentially what you've got is you've got two brilliant halves that make an epic whole yeah i mean probably not not, (laughs) (laughs) but i'm not calling them a whole but what i'm saying is you know what what michael brings in terms i mean one thing to start with i think the the vulnerability that Michael and I really loved that about the episode was we saw a vulnerable Michael. It was a very different Michael from the one we know on LinkedIn. But then you've got Anna, who is kind but quite direct. And I think that's like you say, the dynamic between them, it really works as a pair. So I think you're right. I think if they were to do more joint content on things like LinkedIn or on on his podcast, I think, yeah, they're definitely there's definitely an opportunity for them there to uh, to explore, and I think they should take that under advisement from someone who's quite clearly a podcast expert, having been nominated for the Bullseye <laughs> Award at the British Podcast Awards. Just gonna probably gonna slip that in every single episode from now on, aren't we? For a while, 
<laughs> it's the woo says you do you know <laughs> you could do worse you uh, could do worse award nominated podcast host ladies and gentlemen <laughs> uh, yeah, me. it's it's funny isn't it um yeah i still can't quite get over that but um it's epic <laughs> that's all i can say you've got me lost for words i've been in a pickle all week um and it's probably just going to get worse <laughs> we warn you <laughs> and of course in the next episode you obviously get to hear the preview audio um, before it's published and released and i sent you the sneaky peek of the tommy breedlove episode which is coming on thursday and the award announcement at the beginning of that episode. That was when you heard it for the first time, I believe. So, you know, I think we probably got an idea about the excitement levels that you're you're facing. But, you know, let's just talk about that quickly now. You know, we had your announcement about the podcast awards. How are you feeling now, sort of, you know, a, a few days on? The hairs on, on, my, on my arms are standing on end. I can't, I can't put it into words. Um, it's just a feeling um, that um, scared was my first feeling. Was like, oh my god, no, no, this is not what it's all about. This is because this this kind of feels like it. It was about me. So no, no, I'm not accepting this. But now a few days on, it's like, do you know what? This is exactly what the show is all about is for the listeners that's what it's about so yes i help that come to life like you do neil with what you do behind the scenes you know so i'm just super super proud that it's it's me as making conversations count and it's you as podnos productions you are too kind and unnecessary, but much appreciated. But no, I mean, you know, massive, massive round of applause to you. Let's hit that sound effect right now because uh, it's obviously it, we're going to remember this one particular episode and this one particular carrying on the conversation as well for a long time to come, I think, because it really marks a big day in the history and legacy of this show. So, um, yeah, do go check it out and, and listen to all the other episodes, right? Because how many episodes have we got? Nearly 90 now. There's yeah. something for everybody. Well, the other thing to, to probably mention is that the show concept was all around that one conversation that, that changes your life, either personally or in business. So I think I said to you, my goodness, this this now marks a new marker. You know, this is a new point for me in my journey to say, when you sent me that little audio clip on LinkedIn, I'll give you a clue and spell it out for me. I was like, that it's that moment of my goodness. And we'd entered the awards and just forgotten about it. I'd put a note in my, in my diary to remember to, that the nominations were coming out. But that was as much as. I'd given it any thought after we'd sent it. I just knew that we had selected the best of what we could possibly have produced and just left it for the judges to decide. And the judges decided based on this bit of audio, which we're going to play you now. This is the actual awards submission. We don't talk enough about the financing behind the business and it no. is very much like a heartbeat 
You know, there are times where uh, I can certainly look back over the 16 years of running my business where it's been like a flat line, you know, bring out the pads to inject some energy into the body of it. And then there have been highs, you know, where just before COVID hit, that it was my best financial quarter ever. But it goes up and it goes down. There's no one line, you know, that just sits like a flat line. I think there is a flat line, which is the planning line. Hmm. So if, if you said, actually, look, I take a, a random figure. So you, you, you generate, you know, £10,000 a month in turnover terms. If one month you make 20, right, that's going to make up for the one month where you make nothing. And what that does is it liberates you as long as you think about it as actually I'm my target, my flat line is 10. But this month I made 13 and last month I made eight and the month, next month's looking like I might make 15 and then the month after that might, I might only make five because I'm going on holiday. For yeah, the mean average and, works. Yeah, yeah. So, you, so you average, you do an average flat line. The way I run my business, I do exactly like that so that I'm always at maximum energy because when I'm doing, when I'm in a month where the income is known to be lower for whatever reasons, I've taken on projects and they're still running through and all that sort of thing. I don't worry about it because I know that month has already been paid for by a previous month. So therefore, my energy in that, I don't panic. I don't do anything. I just see it drop below the average line. And then you go, okay, I'm going to maybe just turn up the new business machine a little bit harder and do a little bit more networking or whatever. But you go in with a very positive mindset because you flatline the average. Now, clearly, if that is on a continual decline over time, then that's a challenge. But what actually happens is you become more confident. You suddenly find that flat line is going up all of the time. It may be very gently inclined. So, you know, year on year, you suddenly find actually my flat line, it, was, it wasn't 10 like it was last year. It's now 11 or it's, yeah. you know, and next year it looks like it's going to be 12. And then suddenly your lifestyle reaches a tipping point where it can fundamentally change because your energy is always on that flat line effectively. And it's exactly how harvests work and how agriculture works and many industries. So yeah, any seasonal business needs to think like that. And I think you're right, because when you're a smaller business, you're the limiting resource. If the resource is being used up by making money, you know further down the line you're not going to have business coming in because you're not spending any time on your business. So, again, I teach all the businesses I work with that time comes in three packets. A third of your time is delivering what you do to your buyers. A third of your time is the admin supporting that delivery. And the third of your time is new business. Um, you must spend a, a third of your time on new business. So I keep timesheets. I was pulling out just before we came on the call. And I get I analyze them every week to make sure that I haven't swung too far one way and too far the other way. Because of course, if you're making hay while the sun shines, the chances are you're letting your admin slip and definitely your new business falls off first. Then your admin slips. Certainly, you know, I've been picking up the phone since I was 17. Mm. So we did a quick calculation that I've got to be nearly approaching 2 million calls. <laughs> and I'm still learning and I'm still reading. I'm teaching, but I still learn from my students too. Mm-hmm. Kind of the way. When you teach, when you teach, you have to actually in your brain. And this, when I write all of these books, I have to mentally go back and deconstruct how I do things. And that's why teaching is so important because you mentally deconstruct. And that's why everything I teach, I break down into very simplistic formulas and the formulaic approach that someone can understand in five minutes and then teach it to others. Because 
if someone understands the formulaic approach, then it, it makes it simple. One of my old accountants used to joke with me. He said, your last name should be sucrose, not sugars, because you're a simple sugars. And I was like, yes, everything's got to be boiled down to the easy. That's why I remember when I wanted to become a teacher, I studied teaching. And, and Einstein said, if you can't teach it simply enough, you don't know it well enough to be a teacher of it. Or that's paraphrasing, of course. Yes, yeah, yeah. You know, when I sat down with it, I said, yeah, everything has to be made made simple so that people can understand it quickly. I remember going to college and at university thinking, hang on, they've overcomplicated this. Yeah. If I was five years old, would I understand? Yeah. But it's like, hang on, are you guys trying to make yourselves look smart by making this complex? (laughs) Yes, that's exactly what they were doing. Unless you've got a marketing director in the business, maybe you've got a marketing manager or even a marketing executive with two years experience out of university. They would be the marketing leader, but most startups don't start up with a marketing function. Mm. And so therefore, the MD is probably the, the marketing leader, but they don't know anything about marketing. And it could be a 50-strong law firm where the senior partner is in charge of marketing, but they don't know anything about marketing. They, they got the gig. They pulled the short straw because back in the 70s, somebody had a picture of them uh, at Woodstock in a tie-dye T-shirt. Therefore, they're the creative hippie. Give so, them the marketing. Yeah, it sort of falls under the press and communications, really, doesn't it? Yeah, Fre- press, comms, marketing, create anything creative, design, art, anyone with any of those backgrounds, if you're a senior partner in a law firm, you're going to get lumbered with the marketing bridge. But they don't know how to do anything. And so someone has to come along before agencies pile in and relieve them of their budgets and start delivering to one degree or another or not, because agencies can, one of the options of employing an agency is nothing happens, obviously. Before that happens, let's accept that right now you don't have a strategy. So when you go out to an agency straight away, what you're going to do is you're going to let them tell you what the strategy is. Is it possible they've got a vested interest in telling you what the strategy is to make it suit what they offer? possible. Mm-hmm. If it's an SEO agency, are they going to tell you that SEO is irrelevant? If they're a Facebook ad agency, are they going to tell you, actually, you don't need Facebook ads? Now, some agencies are ethical and would say, actually, we're not right for you. You need to go here. There's a lot of agencies that will just take the money and do their best. But what happens if you could have a strategy created by you internally? Well, then there's no bias. There's no risk, is there? Because it's your strategy not been built by anyone with a vested interest. The only vested interest I have is in your strategy working because then you're going to tell everyone I'm amazing. Hooray. And I get more customers. It's brilliant. And it works. It just totally works. So lazy marketing means let's turn business leaders into marketing leaders. Let's help them do less and get more. Let's help them have control over their marketing so that they can outsource it and still maintain control of it. What I'm finding, most people don't pick up the phone anyway. It's trying to yes, get people. They, people yeah, don't screen everything because they're going. No, don't know that number. Well, there's, there's two things going on here. I think one is, and I'm guilty of this. I don't like picking up the phone. I don't like calling other people when I'm basically doing what I call basically a sales call. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of I have a lot of resistance to that. So it's easier to send an email, but the emails are so easy to ignore. And when I do call you often get a voicemail because people don't want to pick up if they see your number or don't know who it is, they screen it. So then, yes, I do leave a voice message. But because if it's more of a high checking in with you, how are you sort of call, they might not necessarily call back. 
But what I do find is, and what I'm more comfortable doing, is actually recording a video, looking to the camera and saying, hi, it's Simon. I just want to see how you're doing. And, and you make it personal. You're literally, you're just talking to that one person and you talk about, hi, I've seen your website recently and you know, I saw the last video you've done. You know, Whatever it might be, you make a comment on what they're doing. And you, it's just what I call a connection video. And there's loads of websites. You, you can use Loom. You can use loads of other websites where you can record a video and you send them a link. And when they open the link, you know that they've opened it and watched it. But the thing is, it's personal. And the reason why this works and the the feedback I'm getting is because no one's doing it. No one is using this approach because it's unusual. It's a curiosity because it's new. Because when you make on the video, you actually say, hi, Wendy. You know, you're actually making it so it's, so it's a personal message. And when you create the link, because you send it normally by email, you just say, hi, I've created this personal video message for you. Please watch. Yeah. People do because it's curious. You know, this is people aren't doing it, but people are not doing this. So that's really effective and surprising how many people it's been. Technology has been here for a while to do this, but no one's doing it. The point is that you can have a nine day plan and want to create an online course. But when you start to break that down, you could do one small thing towards that online course. It doesn't mean to say that you've got to create the whole thing. You could break it down and and it could take three years of thinking about how I want that to be for me. Okay, let let me help you with this because this is, again, one of these blanket things that the industry keeps saying, like, build a course. uh, You don't need to build a course. You don't. Here's what we usually do with people who come to me and say like, Tom, you know, I'm thinking about building a course, you know, I need your help marketing. I was like, well, thank God you haven't built it because we don't know that it's what people will actually want. Right. So instead we have a much different path. We say, why don't you try selling a four week or six week, whatever live bootcamp, you know, again, think about yourself. So you're going to set one hour live of your time, let's say on a Friday or Saturday, and you're going to sell an agenda, an outcome. You're not selling modules. You're not selling anything like that yet. And as you get into your first module, you know, you're going to have a hundred people or so, and you're going to go through the initial part of the lesson. And at the end you say, look, I'm thinking of teaching these following things next week. Is this what you all want to learn to get to that outcome? And it might take you three or four iterations of this, but the people will actually build this course with you. Okay. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, yeah. You now have a really well-tweaked course because you've done a couple of iterations. You've got testimonials and feedback. And look, if you cannot sell your lifetime to a group of 20 people, nobody's going to buy your course. Mm. But you haven't put any work in the, in the upfront. All you've done is gave an agenda. Like, for example, like I will help you create a podcast and get your first 100 listeners. I'm just giving you an agenda. And the people who want that, just join me live and I'll teach you how to do it over the next six weeks. Yeah. Right? You, you're not giving them like, you know, and in the first week, I'm going to tell like, don't worry about that yet. Because it might all change. And it might actually change in a way where like the outcome will change a little bit too. You'll start realizing people like on the side start asking you, well, how do I get this podcast to have a sponsor? How can I have someone pay me to talk? And if you can deliver, that's going to be your new outcome because that's what people want. Hope you enjoyed that. Make sure you're following or subscribing to be notified of the next episode of this award-nominated podcast on Thursday.